said was the offensive line really, more important, what's it going to take to get them up to speed, you know, very, very quickly. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. As the Steelers gear up for their home opener Sunday against the Raiders, they're left with the exact same most prominent question leading up to that game that they had for months leading up to their opener. The plus in the interim is obvious. They won. They got away with having an offensive line with two rookies, a second-year guy, a brand-new vet, and their only experienced internal guy really, really, really struggling. But that's got to change. And it's got to change right away. Anyone who saw the Las Vegas pass rush the other night against the Ravens knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, the Bills put a lot of money into their defensive front. The Bills were supposed to be operating from a position of strength. Maybe, maybe in that context, it's fair to at least consider that the Steelers' offensive line did better than it might have appeared. I know I've had a second look at this game. As I've mentioned to you many times, there are benefits to seeing a game live and in person, and there are drawbacks. There are benefits to seeing it on film, and there are drawbacks. So, I do both. And after watching this one a second time, it really wasn't the catastrophe that I might have thought that it was upon walking out of Highmark Stadium. But it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And it's commendable, I think, to an extent, that the Steelers, at least publicly, are saying all the right things about the line. That included Ben Roethlisberger yesterday. He offered not over-the-top praise or anything like that, but he gave some specific examples of things that he experienced that he liked, and, and one of them for me really stood out. I think one time Kendrick snapped it on one instead of two, uh, so it kind of caught us off guard, but um, that's to be expected out of all the plays and all the stuff going on, and, and it was not a disastrous play. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, when you don't turn the ball over and uh, you limit pre-snap penalties, that's good. I mean, that's fair. There weren't any glaring errors Ben was sacked twice. One of those was on Dan Moore. Another one was on a blitz. Kendrick Green came up empty sometimes when he went to block somebody. Chooks, as I mentioned, was yeah, he had a tough day. I'm not going to pile on. But overall, two sacks, no turnovers, no pre-snap penalties, while at the same time... Their Buffalo counterparts were getting flags all over the place, most of them for holding. So there's something to be said there. There also were things to like occasionally 
from the running component, there was a short yardage situation that needed to be converted and was. There were some holes up the middle that needed to be opened for Najee Harris, and they were not a lot, but some. It was there. They showed that they could do it, that they can do it. That counts. But let's not kid ourselves here. For the next, what, week, two weeks, month, this is all still going to be very much a work in progress. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format works best. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. It's not desperate, okay? Not in the sense of, like, somebody needs to throw them a life preserver and they just need to ride out the clock or something like that. It's, it's different. It is a young group. And with each of the three youngest guys, Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, there's legit potential. We saw some of that at times. We saw the push. We saw the athleticism. We saw Green in particular just flying down the field like a young Marquise. That's, that's real. That's as real as the, the struggles and the cohesion. So what you're doing, really, is you're just kind of building it as you go along. And some of that is going to require patience. There are going to be mistakes made. There are going to be players who get beaten. And there are going to be times when that results in something extremely unattractive and not to be discussed on this program happening to the Canton-bound franchise quarterback. But when it does, it's not going to be a case of pull this guy, yank that guy, sit this guy. I really feel like at this point, the Steelers have committed to this line. Look, the whole week one thing has passed, meaning, oh, they're just waiting until after the first Sunday, because after that, you can sign anybody and not commit to a full guaranteed salary and cap hit for all of 2021, that its ship hasn't completely sailed, but it's well offshore. And what you're looking at right now is the group plus Zach Banner. Banner, of course, still has to miss the next two games while he's on IR, recovering from his knee surgery. And when he comes back, he's going to start. He's going to start at right tackle. At the moment, my default mode would be to have Chooks back up at both tackles and don't mess with Moore. Moore's shown you something. Moore's earned where he is. Chooks, he can still get on the field. There are snaps to be had, but my forecast for this is that Moore is just going to keep getting stronger. And he's going to solidify himself at that left tackle position. 
this, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's a weird conversation to have. The Steelers won the game, and it was a big W over a team that's really good on both sides of the ball. But this specific thing hasn't changed yet. It hasn't changed other than, as Ben suggested, that these guys have at least now gone out there and experienced everything one time. Well, on the road. This Sunday they'll experience something that's similar but a whole lot more pleasant when they emerge from the tunnel to the scene we're all expecting at Heinz Field. Stick with them. Support them. Keep tight ends in. Keep Zach Gentry active. Keep running the football. And, unlike Buffalo, don't wait so long to get the ball up in the air downfield. A lot of different things can be done to get these guys from now to wherever they'll be, and ideally it'll be in a really good place a week or two weeks or a month from now. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-842. Five four, five four. Our J1Q for the day comes from Ed Severson, who asks, DK, what is it that makes you believe that Najee Harris is elite? Have you seen more from him than you did when Le'Veon Bell was a rookie? To clarify first, Ed, I've not used the word elite as it relates to Najee. Elite, to me, is achievement. Elite means you've worked your way into the elite of the level that you're at. I couldn't conceivably have said such a thing, much less thought such a thing, about a player who's got one NFL game and a particularly nothing special NFL game from the production standpoint under his belt. The term I've used, and this is probably what you're thinking of, is special. I think Najee has a special skill set. I think he's got special vision, special awareness, and a special competitive streak, all of which, you know, (laughs) I don't think I'm going over the top in taking all of those things and saying that he could be special. He could. He really could. He's, He's in that bracket from a potential standpoint when you look at the nature of the draft it's kind of easy to lose sight of that because NFL teams have pretty much made up their mind over the past decade that 
Investing a first-rounder at that position is a mistake because there have been way too many busts, and unless someone comes along like a Saquon Barkley, you're not going to see them anywhere near the top of the first round. From the Steelers' perspective, and I can promise you this is the case, they feel extremely and legitimately, no BS, fortunate that that mindset exists because that's the position they needed and that's the player they wanted. I can't know how high the Steelers could have been and they still would have taken Najee because there are other players at other positions that might have excited them a little more and they might have said, you know what, we'll find a running back some other way. But my feeling is even if they had drafted a few notches higher, they still would have went with Najee. That's how passionately they feel about him. And narrowing that down, that's how passionately Mike Tomlin feels about him. The other day in Orchard Park, I was standing near the front door of the visitor's locker room as the Players and coaches and staff were all filing in off the field. There's like this upward ramp. So as if the game wasn't tiring enough, they have to climb this ramp to get into the room. And you can see the fatigue and at the same time the joy that they were feeling. Most of them were coming in twos or threes with other teammates. Najee was coming up the ramp with Tomlin. Tomlin has done a lot of this, going all the way back to rookie camp. He pays, here's that word again, special attention to this player. And while this might have been a coincidence, they might have just happened to be coming off the grass at the exact same time, I'm inclined to think that it wasn't, because not only were they together, but Tomlin was talking to him, And Tomlin was saying... That's football, but you're built for it. He was letting the kid know that he believes in him and that looking at his stats, which were not at all going to look like what they did in Alabama, he's letting them know that he saw, Tomlin saw, things happen out there that Najee was able to execute that another running back might not that Najee was able to grow up in a hostile setting faster than someone else might have been able to grow up. And he's letting them know, you're our guy, as if that wasn't already obvious enough from the fact that Najee Harris was on the field for every single offensive snap. Did you know that? Every single offensive snap, even victory formation. No backup running backs. So, more than anything, Ed, I'm taking their cue on this. Not just what they say, but what they do with this young man. And They believe he's special. So, whether or not he becomes elite, we're a long ways off from seeing that. But he's going to need to have at least one big game in the National Football League before we can even bring up a subject like that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do this again tomorrow.